My uh, youngest son got me banned for life from AdSense for my company. Oh no! So yeah, I let him. I let him go on, and I didn't realize back in the day uh, how important it was. And he was putting up videos. Oh wow! Okay. But and they were getting some really great traffic, and he started to make some really good money. Hey everyone, it's Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing rethinking how you think about SEO in 2024. We're going to be talking about keyword position tracking uh, as it becomes less effective, the impact of TikTokification of content, and SEO action steps you can implement in your own online business. So welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, so today, like I said, we're gonna be discussing rethinking about uh, SEO in 2024. Our guest and repeat, I don't know, he's probably one of our most, uh, uh, probably one of our most guests, our most guests. That's proper English, by the way. Uh, he's probably been on the show the most out of anyone except for Kevin King. And I'm talking about Steve Wiedemann from Wiedemann Consulting Group. Um, he considers himself a scientist and practitioner of local and e-commerce search engine optimization and paid search advertising. And while he was an adjunct professor over at UC, uh, UCSD and CSUF, he built the Academy of Search and like I just mentioned, uh, we're talking about Steve Wiedemann. So stay tuned. This is going to be a good one. And now let's have a quick word from our sponsor. Facing cash flow challenges with your e-commerce business? Discover Viably, your ultimate financial ally. From real-time sales data integrations to immediate funding access, Viably is here to support you. Plan your growth with their free tool for online sellers and engage with specialists whenever you need. Extend your cash flow with Viably. And we can bring in Steve. That was so abrupt. <laughs> was Sometimes you act like a dad and just get him out of there. Good morning. Good morning from Los Angeles, anyway. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Ready for an amazing 2024 ahead. It's like more and more putting pandemics behind us and focusing on, you know, our, our bigger picture objectives, you know, coming out of, of three years of craziness and now thinking about, you know, hey, if if this thing happens again, right, how's life going to be different? You know, and I love how businesses are are really putting more time and energy into digital marketing more so than ever. It's like we literally have like the phones going off the hook with businesses that are like, I need to be on Google. I need to be on TikTok. I need to be, you know, so it's, it's exciting to see that, that uh, rebirth of, of interest, you know, in digital marketing in, in years. So very good time. And I think it's going to be a great year ahead. I was talking to somebody uh, this week and they told me something that was hard to believe. And I was hoping that you can let me know what you think about this. Sure. And th this just came up. I, I wasn't talking to Kelsey about it at all. But um, so they said that because of all the AI that's happening in, in in business right now, and they're publishing all this content, all this AI content, that the algorithm is going back 
to uh, waiting backlinking a lot more than it used to. I've heard opposite things too. It's it's really just a mess. The whole search was. I, I was doing some research the other day, and um, I could tell that AI had just completely messed up the results. I was looking for for link opportunities for one of our clients who's doing a, a pancake of the month special, and I'm like, hmm, let me find pancake sites and let me find strawberry related websites. Let me find you know, sites that really talk a lot about chocolate, like chocolate websites. Yeah. And the kind of results I saw and looking for that type of content were just ridiculous. And I'm like, why is oh. this page even like in indexed in the results? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but in terms of ranking signals, when we go to all these little conferences and masterminds, you know, I've, I've heard two things. I've heard one where it's, hey, remember all that old school SEO we used to do? Hey, for some reason, it's all working again right now. So go do all the things because they're working and um, including spammy links and other garbage. And then I hear the opposite from some folks that are like, yeah, traditional SEO just is not working. We really need to look at more of a holistic approach and a more integrated marketing strategy. And we need to start really thinking about all this search generative experience and and where, you know, our our um where our results are going to be in a in a search result where it's chat based or or where it's all voice based and we're not even using devices or handheld devices anymore. So I see two kind of sides where people are seeing some weird stuff and they're going to try to game the system. And then I see one side where people are being more forward thinking about what are we going to do long term to make sure that um, when traffic from Google goes down and it will go down, you know, that that we've thought about the other sources of where people are going to find information to make sure that we're still getting traffic from, you know, multiple sources that benefit us, you know, for the, the remaining amount of search that will be available, at least click real estate anyway. Mm. Yeah, th that's something that concerns me too when you start taking a look at some of the content that's out there right now and it's coming up in the search results and you're looking at it and you're going, how did this even rank? It's garbage. And you know, like it is. the yeah. person that put it together was just had nothing, he knew nothing about the subject and uh, it's still there. And, yeah. and that's, I feel kind of cheated in a way that now we've gone and you're seeing all this crap come up in some cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see a lot of that with um, specifically with some of the AI content. You know, now my first question to all the folks that were generating content exclusively from AI and running it through three or four other AIs to make it feel less like it was written by AI. Right. <laughs> my, my my thing is I'm seeing a lot more when I, I was I was asking, hey, give me an example. Show me one. I want to reverse engineer it. Show me a page that's ranking that was generated exclusively with AI, you know, and nobody could give me a good example, at least not for a competitive keyword. You know, and now we're starting to see some that are showing up, but they're but they're modified. They're modified with a little bit of firsthand experience, a little bit of, of video and, and unique images that are being created. Uh, I know if you're creating images using any of the Google Duet tools uh, in Workspace that that they're tagged, you know, as, as AI, like in the back end, so that, you know, the search engines and, um, you know, uh, can pick up on that and know that it's, you know, it's an AI generated page. So, so for me, and I, and I remember watching what happened in February of last year when OpenAI you know, launched their chat GPT and everyone was out there creating thousands of pages. Look at all the traffic I'm getting with charts and graphs. And you see the little TikTok videos where they're all excited about it. And then not two months later, it all went back down. Um, and then yeah. Google stance on it. And then they released their stance on it. <laughs> and, and, you know, even the search liaison over there, Danny Sullivan was saying, look, if 
if it's helpful content, we don't care how it was, it was created as long as it's helpful to our users. And, um, you know, and, and we can tell by, you know, those search behavior signals that this was a page that was helpful. We're going to rank it now. My, my mind's thinking, well, and we talked about this, I think, on a previous episode where you've got a thousand plumbers that all serve, you know, a greater area and they all say, well, cool. Now I don't have to pay this SEO company to, to do SEO. I'm just going to use ChatGPT and create my um, pipe repair page using AI. A thousand of them do that. They generate all these paragraphs of text that all have a little bit of variance, right? Because they're all created some with chat gpt some with bard some with you know other large language models but it's all basically the same regurgitated content you know all written differently through ai right what what's google going to think right it sees all these pages out there and has to evaluate which of these thousand pages should i rank and then it says you know what there's a little group over here of content that that i actually don't have any other version of there's this image that i've never seen there's this video i've never seen there's these reviews that I've never read that aren't available on these other thousand pages. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of kind of trust signals and awards and things that this company has won and earned uh, that that make this seem like they've got perhaps more real life experience and not just kind of stating information, no matter how how entity keyword rich that that's AI driven page is the page that's the most unique, the most helpful that proves that, that, that they have the, the best experience and expertise in that particular area is going to be the one that wins. So, so I would, uh, my advice was thinking about, you know, ahead of time, AI content and AI rankings and worrying about it is, is look, if it, if it feels too good to be true, it probably is. So, you know, today we'll, we'll talk about some things that, that will get you ready for the new world of search, the world of hands-free search, the world of, of generative, uh, chat integrated search results so that in two or three years when all those competitors have thousands of AI generated pages, your page is still going to perform extremely well and you won't have to worry about people trying to cut uh, cut corners and use shortcuts to, to game the system. Very good. And that's why I always love when you're on because I always learn something new in the SEO game. So why don't we start here? Uh, first question, uh, I think let's start with uh, keyword position. What's that? Do we need a drum roll? First question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is Kelsey's job, by the way. It's on. Uh, <laughs> okay. So keyword position tracking, uh, yes. tracking is becoming less effective. And I guess that's due to personalized search preferences. So can you tell us a, a little bit about that? Uh, this is just sure. what I'm thinking. Is it? So, so this is interesting. Um, I, as I mentioned, I, I do go to a lot of little events with a lot of other SEOs and, and I'm hearing a lot of, of similar themes. One of them I went to recently was a Napa uh, search summit. I know it's rough, a bunch of SEOs getting together and drinking wine. It's a horrible, you know, horrible. Just, anyway. but, uh, but some of the, the presenters there had, <clears throat> had data and, and showed a lot of really interesting things around uh, you know, when we're when we're thinking about uh, uh, AI search and kind of what's coming, what's happening is, is, is and you can see this, too, is when you go to an Android device. And I know a lot of folks don't have Androids. When you go to an Android device, this Google Discover is starting to show up. Right. You can just kind of flip on your phone if you have a, a pixel and you see Google Discover. If you open the Google app, you can actually see some of your Google Discover results 
blended into your search before you even start performing a search whatsoever. Hmm. Now, what's interesting about this is Google Discover gives you the option to say, I don't like this topic. I don't like this post. I don't uh, feel this is relevant to me, um, you know, or don't show me content from, you know, and, and you can exclude brands. And, and there's got to be a correlation in, in the interest that Google now has in TikTok because that's exactly what TikTok has done. In fact, I've I've been able to to you know organically hack TikTok's algorithm without even thinking about it by simply saying I'm not interested in anything that isn't travel related. So now when I flip through TikTok, all I see is travel content and a lot of it from specific brands. Now, if we think about what Google's doing and how they're they're interested in how, how TikTok's algorithm works and how it's personalizing results and how Google Discover is now part of Google search results, what this means is that every day when we interact with search results, and by the way, another feature, I don't know if you've seen it, um, is the notes feature, which is basically like a TikTok comment, but it's called notes. You can leave a note right in the Google search result for a specific listing. And you can use words and keywords and descriptive information, whether they play into the algorithm and personalize. That's only on Android, though, right? Um, right now, I'm seeing it on Android, but I'm pretty sure if you have an iPhone and you're using the Google app, you'll see it as well. Really? Yeah. So, so this is so this is where it gets interesting because now now our search result is so personalized because we've fed it information about what we're interested in, what brands we're interested in, what types of brands we're interested in, what types of content we're interested in. Now, if everyone's search is now so personalized because of our interaction with the search results and leaving comments and notes on listings and, and saying we don't like this brand, don't like this topic, um, that means everyone's results in a year from now, after you know these, these algorithms have collected enough data about you individually, you're going to be a completely different result than the person who's sitting next to you. So, and, and you know, this is so, so fascinating to think about a, a world of search where we can't track search engine rankings using a scraper because a scraper tool an SEMrush and Ahrefs, uh, you know, whatever you happen to be, SpyFu, whatever you happen to be using to scrape the results, to test your results are going to be, are, are going to be based on what a robot sees, not what based on your actual users will see. So that leaves the idea of in a year to two years from now, the idea of scraped keyword rankings being completely gone. Um, and, you know, because it's, it's, again, it's a robot looking at what search results are, not a real human being. And, and that's an exciting evolution. I, mean, I know it seems scary for a lot of SEOs who track their position every day. Like, where do I rank? Where do I rank? Because my yeah. rank, you know, is, is uh, feeding into my revenue. It's really important to me. Where do I rank? that obsessiveness of where do I rank now, um, you know, is is going to be different. We're not going to be reliant on these tools now to tell us success. Our success is going to be based on revenue. It's going to be based on, um, you know, visits and, and actions that users take when they hit our website. And it's going to be based on growth, you know, among all those different KPIs. Now, thank God, us SEOs don't have to worry about those obsessive clients calling and saying, why am I not number one? Well, you're probably number four on your phone and number two on that person's phone and number six on that person. And you won't even show up on that person's phone because they don't like your type of brand. <laughs> right. So so it's it's going to be interesting. And again, it's predictions. And these are all from, you know, my, my peers who have been sharing this kind of, um, you know, data and, and watching as they perform searches and hit refresh live, you know, in these conferences like, look, I'm hitting refresh on my phone completely different now and the result types are different now i'm getting you know the sge and a carousel of images refresh oh now i'm getting a video 
um, some different text from the, the chat results and a different sort of the results. Hit refresh. Oh my God, it's different again. Right now it's all you know blue links and black text. So the 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 idea of tracking keyword position using scraping tools, I feel like again, based on all that amazing data contents and, and examples that we saw, are gonna go away. So for people like you and companies like yours, how do you measure how would you measure that for your clients? So we, we create new metrics, right? We, we used to use tools like visibility scores that would measure the, the search volume from a keyword, which by the way, a keyword's not even really a search term, right? A keyword is a, you know, a, a summary of, of search terms that Google came up with you know, for their paid search engine. So anytime you look at a keyword or keyword research, most of the time you're looking at Google's paid search keyword, which is a roll-up of misspells and um, you know, variations and singular plurals, et cetera. But um, but it was it was search volume and average position was kind of how we would uh, and average position from scraped search results. So now we we just kind of change our mindsets around to using Google Search Console and and being webmaster tools, and we start to use relative position. You know when we're looking at a specific search term that's generated traffic, and instead of picking a specific list of keywords again that aren't real search terms, <laughs> and and saying let's measure where we're at for this you know, made up keyword. And now we're looking at actual search terms and understanding the average position and, you know, the, the impressions that we're seeing, you know, for a given keyword. Now we have a different way to measure visibility. Now we can use relative position. So in general, if, if we, we appeared a thousand times for a search term, such as, I don't know, iPad cover, right. Or iPad case, we're looking for an iPad case. Um, and, and there's a thousand people a month that are searching, then what's our relative position from Google Search Console when we do show up, when we do have an impression, what is our relative position? And, and knowing that I think is, a, is enough to gauge our own visibility metric and say, let's, let's use real data around real searches that are happening and what our relative position is when we do appear. We won't know what the max impressions are because there's a variant, but at some point, when we do see ourselves relatively getting to the top of the search results and we see a plateau in impressions, we can start to make some assumptions and say, okay, great. We're, we're kind of plateauing on the number of impressions that, that you know, we can get for a keyword. Here's our average uh, relative position when we do appear for those results. Let's, let's gauge that, put that as a KPI, and let's move to um, another array of, of search terms that we want to track. So it's going to get interesting, and I think every SEO agency you know, is going to come up with their own way of measuring and tracking. But the bottom line for our, our customers, our clients, you know, our company is going to be around revenue. It's going to be around, you know, our 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 own version of a visibility score so that we're, we know that we're appearing more often when people are performing searches. But we're just likely not going to use search scraping tools, you know, as a, as a means of measurement. Now, now, visibility can also mean a few other things, too, Norman, as we're talking about, you know, the uh, the normal web search. There's also video, right? There's there's mm -hmm. maps, there's um, shopping results, right? Which I think you know a little bit about. So so there are different elements that we want to make sure that we're we're able to track, and that's that's where again it's going to get interesting because Google doesn't always share the information from the uh, you know the the different types of of content that might appear. Maybe it's one of our images that appears in an image carousel. 
So in Search Console, we don't always see that. We see our maps and then we see our, our web search results, but we don't always see the different elements and we sure as heck aren't going to see the SGE results in any sort of Search Console tool. There might be some discover data that's available, but we're not gonna see the, the, the chat results and you know what when Google happens to mention us in a chat result. So I think our, our mindset just needs to shift from worrying about you know what our, our actual position is to worrying about how often we're appearing for a search term that we know is important to us and finding ways to make sure that we're maximizing that, that we're getting as much of that impression share that's available uh, from our Google Search Console analytics, not from Google Ads, um, you know, to, to gauge our performance in SEO. Okay, great. Now, I can't believe it, but it's already the bottom of the hour. Oh, wow. uh, for, okay. Yeah, I can't believe it. But if um, anybody's listening, and I can see there's quite a few people right now, uh, if you're listening for the first time, uh, we have something called the Wheel of Kelsey, and that's where uh, we give away a really great prize every episode. And to enter, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people, you get a second entry. And Steve, what do we have today? So we have this, this 2024 SEO readiness review that we're doing right now. And it basically just kind of takes a look at, at attributes that we know play a role in helping to appear in those Google Bard and Google Assistant searches. Um, we look at everything from markup that's used on the page to how we're using short summary content in, in upper funnel pages. It's a really good way to just know and have some peace of mind that our site and our pages and our content are set up in a way to make sure that we know in a year from now that we're still going to be able to perform well when the search results look completely different. Okay, fantastic. All right. So, Kelsey, let's go to a sponsor and then we'll be right back with Steve. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high-quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training, and ongoing professional development, get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistants for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today, and now let's get back to the show. All right. I just put on another coffee, so that should be done in about 30 seconds. Nice. But, um, you know, one of the things we talked about just uh, briefly is the people that think that they're gaming the system. Mm -hmm. So they're just putting out tons of AI-generated, cheap, crappy content. Mm -hmm. So what do you think... I just want your advice for, for people that think that they're gaming the system on the short term. Like, you know, sure. they're getting results. I think I think it, it kind of goes back to like elementary school, right? We have this, this uh, uh, I don't know, permanent record that they always warned you about, right? You've got this permanent record. And, and I know that, that Google um, puts tools out like disavow tools. If, you know, if, if you've been doing something or you feel like, you know, hey, somebody's doing some negative SEO against me. And we know that recovering from something like that doesn't happen overnight because there's scrutiny. There's there's this permanent record idea um, that may long-term prevent you from ever getting the, the best results that you could because you did some things you probably shouldn't. Google's been more um, vocal about how they're starting to weigh sites at a site level for things that you might do at a page level. So if at a page level you do something really spammy, it could affect the site as a whole because now they're looking at you gaming their search results and a risk you know, to providing high quality content. So the more you put out, the higher the ratio of, 
of um, potential penalty you could be facing. So I would be really careful because again, the more bad, cheap shortcut things that you do, uh, the more your sites is going to be weighed against that percentile. And you might be doing, hey, everything's great right now. But as soon as you hit that percent, whatever it happens to be that that Google's looking for, maybe it's 20 percent. I don't know, maybe it's 30 percent. Once you hit that that range, now your whole site is going to be affected and all that great content that was ranking might be penalized. So I would pay very close attention to ratios if you are doing any testing with AI. Every single client that's that I've talked to that has tested trying to generate their content using AI for pages that were underperforming were more underperforming after they launched it and they ended up reverting. Um, and these were stores too. So their categories, some of which generate millions of dollars of revenue, that's a big deal. And so they're, well, you know, the, the AI knows more than we do. They have more topics, more subtopics. Yeah. They're better organized. Let's just put their content out there because they know more about this than anyone because they have access to this huge, you know, knowledge base. They, and that was the thinking. And then they did that. And then I get a call a week later, Steve, I, I think we made a bad decision. We just lost a lot of our rankings. And I'm like, well, who authorized this? Who did this? Well, we thought it would it would make sense because AI is smarter than us. <laughs> and we'll revert it and let's let's figure out you know what from that AI content we found interesting. And let's see if there's a content opportunity there for us to to write and create media and content around those those different ideas. But don't just copy and paste straight from a, a robot to your website. That's, you know, that, that, that lacks the voice of the brand. And I know you can, you can tell it to read this page and write in our tone. I get it. But it's still not you. It's still not your tone. The character, the, the, the charisma of the brand is never really going to be there from a robot. Now, how much you, no matter how much you try to get it to emulate you. So there are some amazing things you can do with AI. Focus on those and don't, don't take the shortcuts because there's probably a good likelihood that if it's not affecting you right now, it probably will in the future. So be careful. Yeah. And if I get another email that says we got you covered, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is actually one of our filters. So if you have in your email, we've got you covered, it automatically gets deleted. I don't care who you are. It just gets deleted. It's kind of dangerous, but uh -huh. uh, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going to cop for a second. No worries. All right, let's talk about metrics. What should we be? Uh, what should we be focusing on? I think it it centers around the business objectives, right? What are your business objectives as it relates to search? Uh, perhaps you're a restaurant chain, and some of your key business objectives might revolve around off premises, like takeouts and delivery and catering. Um, maybe it's around specific menu items. Uh, maybe you've got a, a pretty wider range, uh, a wide range of menu items. But some of your more popular ones are chicken sandwiches or breakfast waffles or burgers. Uh, I think I think as you're as you're measuring metrics, you start with making sure that you're focusing on the ones that are important to you, not you know what uh, what's our our average position you know across all the search terms that we appear for. That's general and generic and broad and and really in some cases way off the mark of what your customers are actually looking for and and what you know can generate revenue. So I would start by taking each category and kind of creating a campaign for it. You know, so one of our business objectives is we want to appear more often for restaurant takeout near me. That's a big objective for us. We want to make sure that when somebody's looking for takeout, that we're present, uh, we're, we're omnipresent wherever we can be, um, and that we're seeing growth in the traffic and the revenue that's coming from search. 
And there are attributes that will play a role in that. And those metrics are around tech, right? We want to make sure that we're we're addressing things like the Google Core Web Vitals and this INP rollout to make sure that when users do get to our page, that they can interact with it, you know, immediately or as quick as possible within milliseconds. We want to pay attention to security and privacy, accessibility, even though they said it's not a ranking signal, there's that indirect effect if you aren't accessible. Uh, somebody's going to be like, this site is not easy to read. I'm going to leave, go back to Google and choose a competitor. Right? And that happens enough, obviously, from the, the mm -hmm. Google court cases that were released. They use that, that behavior as a potential signal that that page wasn't helpful and it could long-term affect your ranking. So the metrics I would track, again, the bottom line are going to be revenue or leads um, and maybe traffic from organic search, but broken into those business objective silos, whatever they happen to be. Maybe if you're a, a, a store and you're doing e-commerce, maybe it's categories. Um, so I mentioned tech is one metric. Uh, another metric that that you could use if you wanted to kind of come up with something of your own. Hopefully you're using this, this really neat Google uh, BigQuery product that's out there. It's very inexpensive to use to back up all of your search console data because you only have 16 months of it. So use BigQuery, put all your information into this BigQuery system, and then you can spit out whatever reports you want to using Google Looker Studio. And Google Looker Studio will enable you to basically say, um, okay, we received this many impressions, but only this many clicks from the array of keywords that are search terms that we found in Search Console that we know are important to this category based on the last you know, 16 months of data. So now let's, let's figure out how we want to one, how we want to measure our, our visibility across the different ways that people can find us from web search and maps and shopping cart. And then let's let's set a goal of perhaps 10% for the next 12 months. And then every month we'll be able to look at, at our little, whether we're using a Google Sheet or we're using Looker Studio and BigQuery, how we're actually doing. So when the boss, the stakeholders, the, the leaders come in and they say, hey, how are we doing with SEO? You can say, you know, one of our KPIs was to increase our visibility and impressions for this array of search terms. And over the last six months, we've gotten 40% where we need to be. We really need to accelerate things. So if you could approve those, you know, those things that we were trying to push through to get our pages to be more optimized, that'd be great. Then the stakeholders give you that buy uh, that buy-in you need. You make those optimizations. And by the end of the year, you hit those KPI goals. But that's that's kind of my thinking as it relates to KPIs and metrics, you know, uh, specifically in a in a non-scraped results uh, environment in a year from now. All right. <clears throat> now, what about the um, the future of SEO for you know 2024 and beyond? I like to look at individual pages, right? We look at our 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 specific page that we want to rank. Maybe maybe it's a, a specific watch category, and we we sell watches on our website or a, a brand category. Um, I would look at that specific page and, and ask, is this page ready for uh, an environment where somebody is going to search and and not use their mobile device to find me? Maybe they're going to use Google Assistant. I don't know. Maybe they're going to use something in the new Apple devices. You know, as Apple Search and Spotlight Search become you know a, a thing. Hopefully, this year they keep saying every year they're going to do it. Um, I would be thinking, you know, uh, ahead about does does my page offer the most helpful information of any other pages that that currently exist and do i have enough short summary information about that page that other web pages not just on my site but on other websites and social networks that people could share so that as googlebot continues to crawl the web they find that short answer 
which, as you know, has been the, the catalyst to getting those featured snippets. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the labs.google.com, um, you know, uh, new generative search results, if you opt into it, you can actually see the, the same text in the generative chat results most of the time right above the featured snippet. So if you've earned the featured snippet, you're probably going to show up in that generative search result, which means you're probably going to show up in voice search. So I'd be I'd be looking you know, specifically at the, the elements of the page. And those elements could be that short summary paragraph, maybe 375 characters or less. It's going to be FAQ page markup still. And I know Google's been pulling them out and putting them back in and pulling them out and putting them back in into their search results. But we know they're at least crawling, reading, interpreting, and, and analyzing it as part of their data set. So I would absolutely be thinking about FAQ page on, on every page where it makes sense. Um, and then I would look at those EEAT signals and say, does, does my, my page really incorporate all of these things better than what the competition is? And get really creative. You use AI to ask, how can I make this page prove expertise? How can I make this page prove experience, authority, trust? Get ideas from AI, get ideas from uh, your customers and the and the community and, and your um, you know, your own employees, and then come back and actually make sure that you've addressed that. Different modules on your page could address that. You know, um, our experience in this particular um, watch category is is clear. Take a look at this video on from our our owner on that particular watch, its history, and and why this watch versus something else. Uh, our authority in the industry is is uh, speaks for itself. You know, you'll find us at all these 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 particular events and conferences, and you'll see us in Entrepreneur and in uh, you know Watch Times or whatever it happens to be. You know, and and here's a link to you know an example where you can actually see um, you know, how authoritative our brand is to others. And we were called the the top brand of 2023 by such and such magazine. Think about all those different elements that that instill trust and 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 show authority to your visitors. Um, so that you know, when we, we think about EEAT, we're thinking about our customers more than search engines, but incorporating exactly what they're looking for in those. And and Lily Ray does such a great job of sharing a lot of, of specifics on what you can do with EEAT. She lives and breathes it and runs tests and reverse engineers websites and has a lot of really great content. Just search Lily Ray and EEAT Ray. and you'll see it. Okay, She's very amazing. good. Yeah. Kelsey, if you could put that into the comment section too, that would be great. And if you have any questions, uh, please put it in there. Uh, this is probably the most important thing. Most important thing. I have to get a coffee. <laughs> I've been sipping mine over here. There we go. <laughs> now we can get back to it. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I think I think in summary, it, it really comes down to your page. Does your page have have everything that that searchers would be looking for. You know, study the the pages that already appear in the search results. Look, you know, and look at their headings and their subheadings. Look at um, the the URL and the words that are used in the URL. Um, look at the incoming links that are coming into the website and and the type of content and words that are used on pages that are linking to your competitors. You know, and then take all of that and and then use your AI to help you build a table of contents that incorporates all the intents that you know your users are looking for based on what's already appearing in the search results and what you already have in Google Search Console and how the page has been found in the past if it's an existing page, and then use that to help create a new table of contents for a page that, that hopefully will incorporate everything we know our customers are looking for, everything we know we've been found for in the past, um, and everything that, 
that we can showcase about our expertise. So it all comes down to that one sort of piece of content, even though it's not going to get clicked on very often by the end of the year, it's still going to be prominent in chat results. You might still get a, a click from the, the new tile that's going to be right next to the chat. Um, and more importantly, you're, you're, you're really showing your clients and your customers or potential customers, you know, that you're the best brand and the best option for what they're looking for. So if a, if a company is getting penalized by Google, they, they might have accidentally uh, seemed, they must have, they might have done something like spammed uh, and they didn't know that they were spamming mm -hmm. or they were putting up garbage content and they didn't know they were doing that. But all of a sudden they start to see that their results have just tanked. Mm -hmm. What can you do? Well, I guess, first of all, how do you know that you're being penalized? I mean, is it just looking sure. at your rankings and just it's tanked? And then is there anything you can do to fix it? Of course. And and we, we'd mentioned this before, that if you're doing something long enough and the ratio gets to that certain threshold, right. there could be a site-wide penalty imposed on you. But I've, I've also seen, especially with larger brands, that Google can be very forgiving. And so if we if we do do an audit, right, you're going to probably get with a, a couple SEO consultants. Um, I would pick one or two that's, that's a, a veteran has been around a while and then pick one that's still relatively new, but is 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 really, really up to date uh, with, you know, the uh, the current things that are going on as veterans. You know, we've been around a, a long time and we're really good at principles and foundations. But some of the younger SEOs that that are really doing a good job. Um, you know, are, are living and breathing in, in um, all the things that are happening now. And, you know, those principles, some of them carry over to them. And that's important. But they, they've, you know, they've been in the mix a little bit more on some of the, the TikToks and other algorithms that are happening. So I would get that audit done um, and probably, you know, get a, a vet SEO and a, um, you know, a, a younger SEO to give you an audit and say, why am I penalized? Um, then you take all of that and start putting an action plan together. It's probably going to start with doing some disavowing still if it's a link issue. Um, if it's related to AI content, then you line up the content that historically has been the most important to you, prioritize it, and just start doing your, your cleanup one by one by one as you work your way through the list. Uh, but more importantly, just stop doing whatever it is you were doing that got you in trouble in the first place. Now, sometimes you might be penalized because a competitor was doing something really shady. We actually saw an instance of a, a horoscope website there was actually they had two different brands and they had all these different horoscope content for each month. And one of the sites just completely disappeared from the search results. And they're like, look, it's in the omitted results. We must be penalized because, you know, we have two different websites. I'm like, no, your content's different on both of them. That doesn't make any sense why one of them got omitted. It turned out that a competitor had created a, a month page for every single horoscope and then did a 302 temporary redirect from their page to one of the, oh. the horoscope pages on the other website. Um, once Google recognized that, uh, that um, you know, that, hey, this, this page is temporarily moved to another page and they, they accepted it and the page got omitted, then they created their own new pages on different URLs and displaced the one brand. And so we found that and then basically it, it came down to the CEO having to, to call the competitor who was doing that and say, look, I'm, I'm gonna sue you if you don't take those 302 redirects off. Um, they can be hard to find, but you can look in your link incoming link reports to see where links are coming from. Look for those 302s. If you see a 302 coming from one website or a pattern of them, that could be something that's causing a penalty. And normally that has something to do with some level of negative SEO. But I would say, again, get the audit done, get the action plan in place. It's 
probably going to start with incoming links. Um, and, and then it's going to relate to your, your content and user friendliness and maybe even page speed and uh, core web vitals as that becomes more and more important, you know, in the new year. My uh, youngest son got me banned for life from AdSense for my company. Oh no! So yeah, I let him. I let him go on, and I didn't realize back in the day uh, how important it was. And he was putting up videos. Oh wow! Okay. But and they were getting some really great traffic, and he started to make some really good money. And then it was you're suspended. Uh, Google went into my bank account got every penny back oh, and it no. turns out he was doing something with traffic he, like he was 10 years old yeah. you know 10 or 11 and you know the the suspension notice came up and it was for life i tried wow. to get it back a few times <laughs> that's an unbelievable oh yeah and he's still doing stuff like that to me what do you <laughs> what do you want to say Kels? you're you're, you're acting you're so professional turn on your mic <laughs> The little mute thing it's got a stroke through there um, okay reboot <laughs> must it. have been really important <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway so, no, i'm i'm, I'm just really back. excited i think it's going to be a great year it's going to be all sorts of new things don't be afraid of it you know yeah. I, I would say if you're if you're worried about your seo um you know talk to talk to somebody who who you know specializes it and, and is passionate about it and isn't running to a different medium um just start exploring the new ways that people are going to find you. I have a, a Bard link on my my desktop on my phone um, and a ChatGPT link. And when I'm when I'm looking at search results, now I use both of those just to see what what comes up and try to understand why I'm not. I reverse try to reverse engineer those sites that are coming up. You know, if I'm not, and see what they're doing differently. I'll start by taking a string of text. You know, from from the uh, what appears in the the chat results and see. You know where I see that online. If I see it online, I look at the brand. I look at some of the things that they're doing and and where they're marketing. So don't be afraid of it. Have some fun with it. Uh, but but do keep in mind that Google click results are likely going to continue to go down as AI continues to give us um, you know click free results over the next year or two. And I think it's really important that when you are looking for somebody that's in the field, mm -hmm. that you don't go and find the cheapest or go to <laughs> yeah. some cheap agency in India exactly. or wherever. Get um, a referral. <laughs> yeah, get a referral. And uh, like the, it, it's like the social media um, uh, industry. Huh? There's so many really bad uh, social media managers out there. Yeah. And it's like SEO. It's unfortunate, but you really do have to dig. And like you said, just get a referral. Spend the money on the right, you know, on, on, right team not uh -huh. on somebody that's gonna you know use uh 2000 or 1995 oh, right. techniques yeah here's uh, a tip if, if your if your provider immediately starts working then i would be skeptical because your provider should spend at least a few weeks doing some research doing some competitive insights coming up with an actual strategic plan right here's our campaign themes here's our initiatives here's where we want to be in a year from now and and the things that we're going to need to do to get there, they're going to get buy-in and then they're going to start working together on them. But yeah, anyone that just jumps in, just starts doing SEO or starts doing social media without taking the time to actually build a strategic plan and um, and they're just doing techniques and tactics versus actually implementing a strategy that's well thought out and has a timeline of you know when we're going to do what, um, that's, I would run <laughs> for yeah. sure.
And before we get into some of the questions, uh, and, and I know we've covered some of these, but what kind of action steps should the uh, sellers uh, take away from this episode? Um, don't don't keep your your bias in Google. I know we have been for what two decades now. Yeah, it's it's time to stop obsessing over Google. I love Google. I still use it, but it's not going to be where everyone searches. Dwayne Forrester gave a, a a talk at State of Search, and he said that most of the Gen Zs and Generation Alphas, which I didn't even know was a thing, um, most of them are searching TikTok more than Google. And so we we think about the ways that we're looking for information. I've I've talked to several people that use TikTok now to search. So spend some time learning TikTok SEO. Spend some time back in YouTube and doing YouTube SEO. Spend some time looking at image search and Pinterest and uh, and the ways that people are looking for uh, images and examples of things. Because your 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 obsessive your obsession over Google uh, is likely going to lead to you know, less traffic down the road when there's a lot of traffic available to us still. Just because Google's going down doesn't mean that that our holistic traffic has to. Let's start spending time in other places that we know people are finding our content. And what we'll find in doing that is that Google's going to incorporate some of those things, some of those videos, some of those those TikToks even in their search results, giving us dual placement and and more visibility for a given query. Wouldn't that be amazing when someone's doing a search for that iPad case we talked about earlier, that uh, the chat result shows information from us with the tile of our website, um, images that come from our website, videos that we've produced that are on YouTube that are in their, their video carousel, and maybe even a web search result with the blue link black text somewhere in the eighth position you know, in a year from now because we took the time to have a more integrated SEO uh, approach. So that's my advice is, is start looking at other places that people are finding us and making sure that that our visibility is as great as it can be across all those different places. And of course, in e-commerce, Amazon. Right. So so that's that's again where, where my thinking would be is let's let's not put 100 percent of our SEO in Google. Let's let's start by doing an 80 20 and then eventually probably by the end of the year, you know, 50 percent of our effort might be in Google. And you know, 50 might be in other uh, publishers. And by the end of 2025, Google might be 20%, and yeah. Apple and uh, voice search and so forth. You know, will take up the other 80. Like, take a look. Ten years ago, Walmart <laughs> compared to Amazon, and what, right how that's changed. Oh my God, the market. Yeah. yeah, and you know, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I think I'm the only person on um, MySpace and Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a MySpace out there somewhere. I had SEO experts, my handle on MySpace. Oh. <laughs> oh, probably most of the people listening don't even know what Friendster or MySpace you know, are. Okay. I'm going to get my, my, my Facebook, or what was it, Facebook, the um, uh, MySpace friend adder software out and start uh, <laughs> with that there from you go. 2003. <laughs> oh, my God. So okay. Let's get to some questions. Okay, uh, this one is from Rad. Uh, will this SEO improve our search ranking on Walmart, Shopify, our own website, or is it only for Amazon? Um, how does SEO improve everything? Sure. Well, that's a great question, uh, particularly as we think about voice search. You know, there's there's new devices that are coming out now that you can literally pin to your 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 shirt and and get all the same information and things that you need. Uh, by using your voice. And if it can't, it'll beam it to your hand, you know, so you won't need a, a phone anymore. There's 
you know, Google Assistant and Alexa and other technologies, voice technologies that um, that are in our cars and you know part of our day to day lives. We're we're moving into an era where it's going to be like the movie Her, you know, where he's just talking to his his AI, right, and getting the information and things he needs, and the shopping results are going to be part of that. So, I would start thinking ahead, you know, about how how I can appear when somebody says, "Hey, can you?" Can you add an iPad case to my Walmart shopping cart, right? And um, you know, and, and uh, make a purchase. Be thinking about how users are going to be doing that and how our our prominence is. So start start using voice search yourself so that you can see the types of results that are coming up, and then do your best to try to reverse engineer it or hire an SEO expert to say, hey, I need to reverse engineer what's happening right now when I perform a search for these types of products and categories because we're just not there yet and we need to be there yet. I can tell you one of the first things that you can start doing is using that Google Action Console. If you haven't already set it up, right? Start using Google Action Console and teaching your customers how to invoke your brand in the Google Assistant. So they can say, talk to ABC um, iPad cover company, right? And then, hey, it's, it's gonna come up and say, hi, this is you know ABC iPad cover company. Um, how can we help you today? Say something like shop for an iPad case, right? So teach your customers, your consumers, how to use voice with everything that you've set up through Amazon skills, through Google Assistant in the, the Action Console. And who knows what's going to happen with Walmart yet. But I can tell you by performing searches yourself and seeing what shows up, it's the first place to, to start investigating what, what is appearing and seeing what we can do to reverse engineer those competitors to you know, to displace them for sure. Okay. Next question kills. Okay. And from cool hand, how do blogs affect rank on site? That's interesting because if we're talking about guest blog posting, right, which Google's already, you know, made a big stint about they, they don't value links from guest blog posts the same way that they may have in the past. And I know they've even asked if we're submitting a guest blog post, the link has to have a, um, you know, rel equals UGC or user generated content and might not pass the same page rank signals they used to. So if you're using blog posts and guest blogging as a method to improve your search results, I would consider looking at, um, at a different approach. I would create a 12 month calendar of specific link bait ideas that address needs in your industry, in your community, or to your customers, that would basically be a beacon for links. Maybe it's a tool, maybe it's a, a price chart, maybe it is an ultimate guide on something. And then I would work with experts in the industry to get them to contribute through interviews and through uh, videos that you wanna put on that page, because they're likely gonna be the first ones to link to it from pages that aren't necessarily blog posts, or if they are, they're not UGC, they're actually written by the person who contributed. I change your link building approach. Now, if you're talking about on-page SEO and blogging, you're like, hey, I'm gonna just keep creating blogs. There, there's still, and that might be part of the problem because I, I wrote an ebook years and years and years ago um, that leveraged this thing called blog and ping. And this is before Google's whole Penguin update even happened in 2012, where we would basically write a blog post and it would automatically um, syndicate to up to 200 different aggregators. So all these, these blog um, aggregator websites, RSS feeds would go into them. And if they consumed HTML, the link that was part of that blog post would come back. So in a, and just by publishing a blog post, you'd immediately get 200 links back. 
And then Google Penguin came in and said, hey, we we see patterns of links and we'll penalize you. And we see a lot of duplicate content, you know, in our, our farmer panda update. And we're going to omit a lot of that because it's duplicate. We don't do that anymore. Instead, I, I encourage you to actually build out a site structure that uses a strong taxonomy or site um, site hierarchy around your your category or your most important topic, and then supportive URLs underneath it as evergreen content. Use your blog for news and industry news and company news, and uh, use it for you know what's happening right now, you know, and seasonality and uh, and in the world. Use it for recent content that's that's relevant to a person now. And if you want to share some of the content from your evergreen on the blog post, that's fine. Just put a canonical tag in there so that search engines know that it's duplicate or redundant of the evergreen page and that you'd prefer that evergreen page to be the one that shows up in search. In doing this, you're, you're laying a foundation that will, that will allow Google to know how your site's organized and structured and your pages will have longevity in the search results. Your blog post might be ranking right now for a lower funnel, um, you know, purchase intense keyword, but they're probably also showing up with a date. And in a few years, if that date is two years old, no one's going to click on your listing and your rankings are going to die. So use your blogs as blogs. Use your your website hierarchy as a, as a foundational way to build a really strong structure of content for your website. Okay, very good. All right, Steve. I think that's the end. We're going to, if you have, um, well, first of all, uh, we're going to be going over to the Wheel of Kelsey in just a second. So if you are listening and you've never done this before, all you need to do is hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you'll be able to enter for today's prize. Steve, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, I'm SEO Steve everywhere. But we, we also have a website and we're, we're about to relaunch a new one. Um, that uh, that I think everyone's going to love. It's very, very information heavy versus sales heavy. So there's going to be a lot of really good um, how-tos and guides for specific industries. So by all means, you can go to Wiedemann.com, W-I-I-D-E-M-A-N.com. Uh, bookmark it, check it out in a month or so as we as we relaunch. And um, you know, if, if there's anything that we can do to, to kind of troubleshoot or problem solve a specific ranking challenge you have, please reach out. We're, we're a small group and we love to help businesses. We wouldn't be here if we, if it weren't for small businesses. So please, you know, if there's anything that we can do to just give you some free guidance, we're here for you. Okay. Fantastic. All right, Kels, I'm going to do this live read. Okay. This is for seller basics. Hey, Amazon sellers ever faced account suspensions, ASIN hiccups, or IP headaches, introducing seller basics, your account or your Amazon accounts guardian, which is $99 a month. Seller basics offers a dedicated team to shield your business from these challenges. Plus the membership offers free legal consultations from seasoned e-commerce attorneys, no long-term contracts and cancel in just a month's notice. View seller basics as your account, uh, Amazon accounts, health plan. And if you want to check them out, you can go to sellerbasics.com. Now for the disclaimers. Seller Basics is not an insurer or a law firm. Consultations come from independent firms. Results may vary. Membership needed before any event uh, events leading to claims and some terms apply. That's it. And now let's go back. It's time for the
here we go. Okay, so I'm going to shuffle these up. If you are the winner, please email me, k at lunchwithmarm.com. And let's see who today's winner is. It looks like it is going to be Rad. Not a rad. That's a rad name. <laughs> Remember we used to use that back in the 80s? Yeah, yeah that's radical. <laughs> that's an awesome name. We're showing our age. <laughs> Congrats, Rad. That's an awesome prize. And you know the drill. Just get your uh just send your email to K at lunch with Norm and he'll take it from there. Okay. So uh I think that's it, Steve. This You're off the awesome. hook again. I, I love I love talking nerdy SEO and and AI and uh, you know and, and Google generative you know, search experience. This is so fun and, and nerdy to do, and it's great when I get the opportunity to um, you know hang out with you and and just just kind of you know shoot the breeze about what's happening. Even though no one really knows what's going to happen, we're just all learning as we go. Yeah, you know, and it's an adventure that we get to share together and and with our listeners. So thank you for having me on the show today. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Okay, and we got to get you back again and again. Anytime. So we'll be Anytime. reaching out very soon. <laughs> I've, I've got you covered. Oh yeah, uh, don't 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 even. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. We will see you later. Thanks. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcast, click over here. Lunch with the lunch with the lunch.